on that glad night in secret, for no one saw me, nor did I look at anything, with no other light or guide than the one that burned in my heart. Hello everyone, Jay again here for another episode of Jay Walking. And let us talk about Juan de la Cruz. The name is very familiar, especially to Filipinos. But the question is, do we know the real man behind that name? Hmm. What you have just heard in the beginning of this episode was actually a poem written by Juan de la Cruz and it's entitled The Dark Knight. It's in the third stanza of that poem. In this episode also, I had the chance to chat with a spiritual master, a great theologian. She's also an author and a great professor and teacher, Dr. Victoria Parco. And I had the chance to talk to her about the life, the writings, and the teachings of this man, Juan de la Cruz. We talked about faith, beauty, and of course, love. I hope you will enjoy the show. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow, and share this episode so that more will be blessed. Enjoy the show! Hello, Miss Parko. Hello. Good day. Um... What keeps you busy right now and how are you so far? What keeps me busy is all academic, you know, mentoring thesis, checking textbooks, and teacher's manuals. <laughs> Those are quite heavy works. Miss, do you find it heavy works or just some easy work for you? The work is not really difficult, but I would prefer, for example, to give a course mm-hmm. on a theolo- theological subject like revelation and faith mm-hmm. or a biblical subject like introduction to the New Testament or the Old Testament. Because this editing of textbooks and teacher's manual uh, seem to be much more like uh, the work of an English teacher rather than a theology teacher. We are now in the third Sunday of Lent, Miss, and it's the season of Lent. Do you have any special devotions or some special practices that you usually do during Lent? Well, I, uh, even if I cannot do the Stations of the Cross because I have some other activities, I make it a point to read and meditate on the Stations of the Cross reading the different uh, commentaries or the prayers that have to do with the Stations of the Cross. Mm-hmm. The Cross, yes. Later on, we are going to talk more about the Cross and uh, this man who, has, who bears this name, the Cross. But what can you advise to some Catholics today who are also doing their devotions, their practice, Lenten practices? What are some of the things you could in, encourage them to do so that they can really deepen their Lenten journey so that they can have this grace of the joy of Easter? 
well, the most important focus during Lent is really Jesus Christ. And if we do exercises or make devotions, we do those exercises, do those readings, do those devotions only in so far as they can really lead us to a more intimate knowledge, a deeper and closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, thank you, Miss. So after all, it is all about our relationship and nurturing our relationship to Jesus Christ. Okay, so this episode, uh, we are going to talk about a man, and probably every Filipino knows the name, but we do not know if we know really the, the real man behind that name. So I'm talking about the name Juan de la Cruz. But first, before you answer, who is this man, Juan de la Cruz? Uh, we are generally called Filipinos as Juan de la Cruz. Do you have any, some explanations? Why are we Filipinos named after Juan de la Cruz? I do not have an exact scientific uh, datum to explain why Filipinos are called uh, Juan de la Cruz. However, uh, historically speaking, the name came from Spain. The name was the name of a man who lived in Spain and probably lived around the time when the early Spaniards came to the Philippines. So we can draw the conclusion that the name Juan de la Cruz must have been brought to the Philippines by the early Spaniards and became a name given to Filipinos. But why Filipinos are called Juan de la Cruz, no clear explanation can be given. Uh, uh, someone wrote, uh, maybe a, a, a bit right after World War II, that in the museum, or in the museum, there is a, a certain magazine which states that we probably got this name really from the Spanish conquistadores who came to the Philippines during the time that the bearer of the name, San Juan de la Cruz, lived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. San Juan de la Cruz, that is actually the name I was mentioning a while ago. So in English, we have the name Saint John of the Cross. I do have a, a, a theory, Miss, why, why we are called a Juan de la Cruz. Probably because of our height. <laughs> because we Filipinos are not that tall and the, the real man, Juan de la Cruz, is... Uh, according to tradition and to some stories that he was not really a tall guy. So maybe in resemblance with our height, maybe, but just just a joke actually, <laughs> our height. But yes, uh, we are talking about St. John of the Cross. And who is this man? And why should we care about this man, Miss? Maybe I begin by saying that 
Providentially, we are named after San Juan de la Cruz. And in a certain sense, from a Christian perspective, we can call him the patron of Filipinos, especially Filipinos who are Christians. Now, who was he? He was born in Fontiberos, Spain, around the time a little bit later than that of Teresa of Avila. In fact, they will be uh, friends and they will encounter uh, they will be there will be an encounter between the two of them a little later on but San Juan de, uh, Juan de la Cruz was originally called Juan de Yepes after his father and the father was uh, an Hidalgo meaning to say someone who had some means not uh, very rich and but not poor someone who had the means who had an inheritance and this man uh, the father married a woman who was much below him in social stature and because of this he was disinherited by his family and had to live a life that had become poorer compared to what he was used to. Mm-hmm. Now, the father and mother of Juan de la Cruz were really people who left everything for the sake of love. Mm-hmm. And later on, the father would die. He would die early, he was not used to hard work. And he would leave uh, three children and a widow. And one of the three children would die because of lack of food. At the time also, there were many moments of famine and disease. There were no antibiotics at that time, so people died easily and maybe died at a very young age. So Catalina, the widow, the mother, uh, was left with two children, and she tried to get money and to get help from the relatives of her husband, but she was really rejected. And she had to leave trying to find out how they could go on living. Finally, they settled in Medina del Campo, because it was a place where it was possible to get a little bit of work. If you know the history of Europe at the time, Medina del Campo was one of those places where there were fairs, like carnivals or ferias, and there would be buying and selling of things in that place. Would you like to ask a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, why should we care about uh, Juan de la Cruz, Miss? And um, we maybe some of the people who really uh, know about Saint John of the Cross are people within the church. And so, why should uh, we, especially as Filipinos, we bear the name? Uh, why should we care about this man? 
Now, first of all, because he's a saint. And as a saint, he models for us a way of life that was a journey of faith, hope, and love towards God. He modeled for us a way of life which was concentrated and focused on doing the will of God, becoming a true disciple of Jesus Christ, and being led by the Holy Spirit in order to do the will of God, precisely. So he was a saint, but more than being an ordinary saint, eventually he became a doctor of the church. And when he... uh, when we say he's a doctor of the church, means to say that what he wrote down as teachings become applicable not only for a small group of people, mm-hmm. but applicable for all the members of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Miss. Since you have already mentioned about his teachings, what he wrote down, because he is, he is considered now as the doctor of the church, I... I think one of his teachings also has a touch about suffering. Do you think there is a connection of, of that teaching of his about suffering to Filipinos? Because we Filipinos have been through a lot of suffering as, as in our history, our identity. Do you think there is a, a relationship or interconnectedness to it? Now, first of all, suffering is meaningful only when it is offered or undergone because of love. So prior to suffering is something more important. It is love. Mm -hmm. There are many people who suffer, but their sufferings, in a certain sense, do not have an explicit meaning if these sufferings are not connected with love. Mm -hmm. What makes the suffering of San Juan de la Cruz, so meaningful is that he embraced suffering, he embraced the cross because of his great love for Jesus. And if he is called San Juan de la Cruz, he is uh, so called because he really tried to live as Jesus lived, who loved perfectly, until the cross. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Miss, for clarifying that one. And also, in if we if we also try to name some of uh, iconic people in the, today's generation and even the past generation, like for example, the great Saint John Paul II, the the founder of uh, who was. For the special people, the founder of Larch, uh, Larch, Jean Vanier, uh, and many other iconic people, um, probably they were influenced or they fell in love to the teachings of Saint John of the Cross. They were influenced. Uh, first, let's try to uh, talk about uh, faith, Miss. Uh, in terms of faith, what does Saint John of the Cross uh, would say? Now you know that for all baptized Christians, the gift of faith was given during 
the time of one's baptism. Okay. You know that uh, normally we look at the liturgy. What do we read? We read the introduction to the sacrament of baptism, and it begins with a priest asking the one who's going to be baptized, if he's an adult or if he's a child, the question is addressed to the parents or to the godparents. So, the mga ninong at ninang, the priest asks, what do you ask of God's church? And the one who will be baptized or the godparents of the one who will be baptized will answer, faith. What will faith give you? Faith will give you eternal life. And what is eternal life? It's to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So faith is both a gift and at the same time a response to that gift. Now why is faith very important? From the point of view of St. John of the Cross, faith in this life is the only proximate means of having a relationship with God. We can touch God, we can be related to God, we can have access to God, we can relate with God only through this power which God himself gives, this power that we call the power of faith or the virtue of faith, which is not just something. Faith is in fact a gift, but it's a gift that blossoms into a relationship of friendship and love. Okay, so a relationship of friendship and love with God. And faith is a gift. Um, could you explain to us, Miss, that I think one of his greatest uh, doctrine is about, uh, this is probably quite deep, but he mentions about the dark night. Uh, I am not talking about the Dark Knight a trilogy about Batman or his superhero, but uh, the Dark Knight. Could you explain to us what is this Dark Knight, which is credited much to St. John of the Cross? Uh, we cannot understand the Dark Knight without understanding that the human person, at least from the Christian point of view, the human person was born suffering already from what we call the consequences of sin. And these consequences of sin, uh, in a certain sense, make the person um, weak mm -hmm. and touched by the wound of sin. Wounded by sin, the person possesses certain weaknesses that certain incapacities that prevent him from being truly able to love, of truly being able to open himself or herself to the love of God. The love of God is always ready by, uh, to be given by God to the person. God is always ready to, to love the person and to become united to the person. The whole problem is that the person is not capable of welcoming that love, of possessing that love, of seeking that love. There is in the person a fundamental capacity that we can call sin. Not 
really just sin in the sense of acts of sin, but a fundamental sinfulness which can be described as an incapacity to welcome, to accept, and to be open to the love of God. Now, for uh, the person to be liberated from this sinfulness so that she or he can be open to love and can be filled with the love of God, the person must somehow pass through the dark night. And what is the dark night? The dark night, there are many stages, but in general, the dark night is a way by which the person becomes liberated more and more from weaknesses and sinfulness. In one sense, it is really called in the old traditional term in spirituality, we called it being purified. The dark nights are um, a process of purification from weakness and sinfulness and uh, incapacities to be able to love. Also, the term purgation came, right? Purga, okay? So, to be cleansed, yes, okay? So, uh, the teachings and the, the writings and the poems of St. John of the Cross is very rich, Miss, and he had written lots of poems. And uh, what do you think are, if we are going to, uh, if you're going to, to journey with, with the writings of St. John of the Cross, where do you think a beginner should start with so that at least uh, he will enjoy the journey? if the beginner should start with the writings. Mm -hmm. The beginner should start first with reading a very good life story or biography mm -hmm. of St. John of the Cross. Now, he did not write his own biography. Mm -hmm. Unlike Teresa, for example, Teresa wrote her autobiography called La Vida, and St. Therese of Lisieux wrote her somehow her autobiography, which is called Story of a Soul. San Juan de la Cruz did not write any biography, but her, his writings are actually underneath biographical, okay? But uh, we cannot, it would be good for a beginner not to start with the, with the writings, but maybe to start first with a very good biography of San Juan de la Cruz. Mm -hmm. And now there are really many good biographies. Mm -hmm. You go to a good library, mm -hmm. for example, Loyola School of Theology, mm -hmm. even here in Mother of Life Center. Yes, of you can, in any uh, maybe library, in the seminaries, mm -hmm. in, in some good colleges, mm -hmm. you will find some good biographies of San Juan de la Cruz. Mm -hmm. And of course, you have to look at the dates, uh, try, to, try to choose some mm -hmm. biographies which are more or less up to date. And there are many, especially 
um, after his uh, centenary, mm -hmm. which took place, uh, I guess, in 1992, the anniversary of his birth or death. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I remember also the first time I read about him. Actually, I, my teachers before mentioned his name, and I didn't have any idea about who's this guy. I I was in my formation, miss, and upon entering to the school, I had no idea about Juan de la Cruz, but uh, since before entering to the school, I also work as a teacher, an English teacher, so so you are in the world of literary, you're in the literary world, so you write poems and so on, so uh, I, I wrote some, and, and then some teacher have uh, read some of my my poems, and then the teacher mentioned, you, you wrote like, uh, so, some of the words of Saint John of the Cross, and I was quite surprised. Who's this man? So that's the first time I researched about him and knew him. So yes, I think that's correct. We need to to know first his life and biograph. Find some biographies. If I could still remember, I bought a book. The author was Thomas Thomas Mann. I think it's more famous biographical. Uh, document in terms of the life of Saint John of the Cross or San Juan de la Cruz. Okay, and ah, okay. Let's go back, Miss. Um, what about what about beauty, Miss? In terms of beauty, uh, I think one of the main themes also of San Juan de la Cruz is also about beauty. Uh, San Juan de la Cruz was actually an artist mm -hmm. and a poet. Mm -hmm. As an, a poet, he is known as the patron of Spanish poets. But he, he, uh, he did not write any music, but he did sculptures and he did paintings. And um, when we read, he has, he has, you might call that there are three forms of writing in San Juan de la Cruz. He, he wrote letters, his letters, of course. Then he wrote spiritual treatises. Mm -hmm. But the spiritual treatises were written as commentaries for his poems, okay? So his poems are the highest form among his writings. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they are the closest to his experience. Mm -hmm. And these poems are actually uh, written as a um, way of expressing what has been his experiences, mm -hmm. spiritual experiences. So uh, when you read his writings, his poems, first of all, um, they are the closest mm -hmm to what he experienced in his spiritual life. What are his poems? Mm -hmm. The most important are really um, the, the Dark Night, Noche Escura. And then Cantico Spiritual, the spiritual canticles. And the third is Llama uh, de Amor Viva, the living flame of love. Okay. Now, if, if you read them, uh, what you, especially Cantico Spiritual, Spiritual Canticle, and 
Llama de Amor Viva. What you notice is the great presence of love in those two poems. And when you read the poems, the poems themselves are beautiful written. I, I only read Spanish. No? I can understand Spanish, but someone who is really Spanish speaking, more used to the Spanish language, must uh, understand better how beautiful the words are how beautiful the poems are, and how the poems are really speaking about beauty, especially beauty as it is seen by someone who is in love. Because when you're in love, everything seems beautiful. And you see everything through the lens of the person you love. That is what we can experience and what we can read when we are in front of the poems of St. John of the Cross, especially the spiritual canticle and the living flame of love, which is about the Holy Spirit. The experience of the presence of the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of love, in the being of someone who has already reached what you might call what they call transforming union or, or spiritual marriage. They say, of course, the dark night is more somber, but you see, how does the dark night begin? It begins with someone who must have been in love and who goes out during the night in order to look for the one who, whom he loves, who was, he has been touched by love, and he wants to follow the one who has touched him with love. Thank you again, Miss. Okay, so you have mentioned that uh, Saint John of the Cross is considered to be the greatest Spanish poet. I know that you are also a literature teacher. Okay, you teach literature. In in, in schools, we we teach poetry, and of course, if we teach poetry, we couldn't mention the names of Dante Alighieri, the Divine Comedy. And of course, the great, great English poet Shakespeare. Why do you think uh, Saint John of the Cross and his poems uh, are not part of poetry in in schools today? I wouldn't. I don't have an answer for that. But I suppose that if you were in Spain, his poems are read there and are studied there. And uh, maybe if you were taking a course mm -hmm. in world literature, world literature, it would be good for you to read the poems of San Juan de la Cruz. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, you could read those poems, for example, in Spiritual Canticle. Mm -hmm. The Spiritual Canticle is so much influenced by the Bible. The Song of Songs, yes. And um, uh, I remember, this is my experience, mm -hmm. no? I was once asked to read some poems for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And the ones who invited me uh, more, where they were thinking really of some secular mm -hmm. 
poems uh, for that Valentine Day uh, program. So I came and I started to read portions mm -hmm. of the Song of Songs, which mm -hmm. are very highly erotic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they were very uh, surprised mm -hmm. or they were very enthralled because mm -hmm. the songs, the words are like the words they would pick up from maybe some erotic literature. Mm -hmm. So afterwards I asked them, do you know who wrote these poems? Mm -hmm. And they could not answer. See, they were written by the Holy Spirit, I said, <laughs> because they come from the Bible, the Song of Songs. Mm -hmm. Now, St. John of the Cross um, has something of that. Mm -hmm. He's Poems are very realistic. Uh -huh. They really use mm -hmm. imagery that yeah. you might say are sexual imagery, yes. romantic images. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, uh, he may not have known the uh, words theology of the body, mm -hmm. but certainly <laughs> he was an adherent of the reality that we now understand to be a reality connected with theology of the body. Yes. In other words, love is not only spiritual, mm -hmm. love is corporeal also. And when, when love is real, and when love has been purified, then even sexual love becomes holy love. Mm -hmm. Actually, Miss, I'm quite guilty <laughs> of what you have just shared. But guilty in the sense that uh, uh, I also sent some, some lines from his poetry to, to my girlfriend now <laughs> and written it in a small cards and we exchanged notes and also used some of his lines and uh, that was successful. <laughs> so, uh, yes, um, I think there, there's also... I see that there's a need also at least to to introduce the the poems of St. John of the Cross in the secular world, especially in, in the academic world also, because we we talk about Dante Alighieri in his uh, uh, Divine Comedy, which is also very, uh, how do you say this, uh, the his imagery is very graphic, why can't we talk about also the imagery that St. John of the Cross uh, had re have written? Because when the first time I've read some of his poems, uh, if we take away the spiritual part, I, I feel like I'm reading a romant romantic novel or a love story. Okay? A love story. Mm. But in a greater context, uh, it is very deep and enriching especially to young people today. And you have just mentioned the theology of the body. I think we can talk about it in the next episode. Okay. And uh, was I? Okay, I, I'm quite lost, miss. Uh, but, but maybe uh, I can say something. Yes, yes, miss. You actually, uh, a lit in literature, you can take a poem mm -hmm. and you can read it in different 
on different levels, okay? You can read it by looking only at the words, the text, no? And you simply ask questions like, what does the text say? What lines appeal to you? What images do you see here? Who do you think is speaking? Okay, what do you think is happening here? So you can just stay first on what you might call a first level of reading. And you don't have to go to the second level. But you can also go to the second level because you can, if it's good poem, if it's great poetry, you can actually go deeper and deeper and deeper and see more and more in the poetry. So if I were a teacher today, I could take one of the poems, it's a spiritual canticle, and I could first discuss it on this level. And then I can go deeper and deeper, and maybe eventually I can talk without even mentioning who is the author. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just have the text in front of you. What do you think of this text? And many of the poems of John of the Cross have been put into music. Yes, oh, I so you could really uh, make them listen to the music and that they will be introduced to the words and to the lines and to the images, to the flow of the movement in the poem. And you can ask more and more questions, go deeper and deeper, because poetry has many levels of meaning. Yes. I could listen to you all day, miss, about that, miss. <laughs> I could learn a lot coming from you as, as a literature teacher also. And I think I also failed to mention, miss, uh, I, I failed to mention this one because San Juan de la Cruz, uh, as before I, I mentioned the, the term, is that I think it was the great theologian, Carl uh, Runner. If you are not a mystique, you're a mistake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it was Carl Runner who said, if you are not a mystique, you are a mistake. Uh, the word is mystique. He's considered also as a great uh, mystique. What do you mean by that, Miss? Could you explain to us? Well, uh, normal, no, not normally, but oftentimes we think of a mystique as someone who has high extraordinary experiences, visions, locutions, levitations, okay, and ecstasies. That can happen, but the fundamental and basic meaning of a mystic is someone who is so open to God and so united to God because of love because there is already a union between that person and God, which is really uh, not just a matter of what you call um, grace. Yes, yes, it's grace, no? But more than just grace in the sense of having been forgiven of sins, like in baptism, but grace in the sense of having come to a very close union with God so that one begins to see things and realities through the eyes of God. Yeah. Now, it is not necessarily to 
have extraordinary visions and experiences, and as I say, levitations and uh, bilocations for a person to be a true mystic. A true mystic is someone who um, really has a very deep union with God because that person's faith has become so powerful and so strong and so purified a faith that he can see God through faith and can be united to God through faith. Thank you again, Miss, for clarifying that. So he's a mystique. And also, uh, he's not also up there. Or, because if, when we go to his writings, like uh, the sayings of light and love, I find it very, very, very uh, practical in a sense that his imagery is very simple, like the 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 comparison of a bird or a, even a frog and he even mentioned of a remoras in a shark sucking the things in the, in the shark um, also very practical mm -hmm. and uh, some of what are some of the of the things that you treasure about uh, uh, San Juan de la Cruz miss, in terms of uh, teachings that that is very ap applicable to people today miss sayings of John of the Cross that uh, I uh, was introduced to, or which I read, is this. In the evening of your life, you will be judged on love. Okay? And another is this. It's much later on that I discovered this. Um, you must uh, exercise yourself in love as much and as quickly as you can. You notice it's exercise yourself in love, which means to say love is a power. You exercise it. You have to work at it. You have to use it. Because if you don't exercise it, don't use it, then it loses its strength, loses its intensity. And uh, Love alone matters. Mm -hmm. yeah? And that's why at the end of our life, we will not be examined on the degrees, mm -hmm. on the, the accomplishments. We will be examined on how much we have loved. And if we have accomplished much, were those accomplishments mm -hmm. uh, motivated by a true love for God, for neighbor. Now, why love? Okay, I'm, you see, I'm not emphasizing the cross here. Mm -hmm. Earlier, I always said the cross is meaningful only because of love. Mm -hmm. uh, if Christ um, was crucified on the cross only because he wanted to be crucified on the cross, he would not have really saved us. What saves us is not the amount of sufferings 
which were terrible, mm -hmm. that he went through, but that he suffered all this because of love. And why is love so important? Because God is love. And if we want to be close to God, then we must learn to love as he loves. Mm -hmm. And Jesus himself says that you must love the way I love. Mm -hmm. uh, love one another as I have loved you. Now, is this impossible? Actually, on the day we were baptized, we were already emerged, immersed. We were already plunged in that love. That's why we speak of baptism as baptizing, to be plunged in Jesus. And if there's anyone, any human being was loved more, it cannot be but Jesus. Okay. So... Wow, uh, thank you, Miss. I think uh, it sounds much even better in Spanish. Could you share the Spanish? If you could still remember, in the evening of our life, we will be judged by love. Could you share, could you share that in Spanish, if you could still remember? En la noche de nuestra vida examinará por amor. By love. <laughs> I'm not sure, okay? Okay. I, I'm really not sure. Uh, maybe the other one is, Amor ne, ne se paga que par, por amor. Love is not paid except by love. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about the clarity of my Spanish. But maybe the easiest is this. Uh, uh, una noche oscura. One dark night. One dark Okay, one dark night, I went out of my house alone with no one seeing me. With only the light burning in my heart. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, it. Uh, only the light, light burning, burning in my heart, heart. yes. Uh, that is really the light of the Holy Spirit. With the flame burning in one's heart mm -hmm. is the flame of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm who becomes so powerful in a person's life mm -hmm. that that person is somehow gripped and moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Wow. So, thank you, Miss. Okay. And also, another thing, also credited much to uh, San Juan de la Cruz. Uh, I don't know if you have heard this famous Irish... Uh, singer and artist also miss his name is uh, got the name actually but he had this song entitled the joy of nothing the joy uh, and the the line of the chorus would say uh, the joy of nothing is the sweetest something nada nada uh, he is credited to that word nada what do you mean by nada in terms of san juan de la cruz point of view miss he has this saying, nada, 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 para el todo. You give up everything because you want the all. Mm -hmm. It's a bit uh, esoteric, it's a bit abstract, but mm -hmm. it's like saying, if you put it in biblical terms, mm -hmm. uh, it's really biblical, okay? Mm -hmm. 
um, if you do not, if you have to give up your father, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters because you want to follow me. Mm. It is the opposite of what the rich young man did. Because the rich ma young man did not want to follow Jesus, who is the all, because he remained attached to the little things, mm -hmm. little in compared to Jesus. No? Mm -hmm. he, he was rich, and he could not follow Jesus. He could not give up everything for Jesus, mm -hmm. precisely because he was rich. Mm -hmm. yeah. okay, so. We can be rich with nothing. Yeah. And if we at be attached, if we are attached to this richness, mm -hmm. which are really nothing, then we cannot come to the fullness of the all who is God. God. So that's another. I remember the name of the artist now. It's, uh, the name is Foy Vance. Okay? He's, he, he, he writes great songs. Okay? Foy Vance. The the Joy of Nothing was the title of that song. And while I was listening to that song, I remembered John of the Cross, of, cross, of course. Nada, nada, and nada. Miss, if, if St. John of the Cross is alive today, and what do you think are some of his words to people today, or maybe his teachings, again, in the generations today? I think he would be like... Pope Francis, who would assure people that what matters is not so much their weakness, their disappointments, their failures, their incapacities. What matters is the great and powerful love for each one of them. And if they are humble, enough and faith-filled enough, if they were full of faith, then they would look and gaze at this great and powerful love of God rather than be stopped by their weaknesses, their failures, and disappointments. It's that. We have to pray that people may rise beyond their difficulties and their failures and their sense of meaninglessness to try to look beyond and see the light of God's powerful love always present there. For that, we have to have witnesses also of that great and powerful love. Yes. True. Okay, true. Those are very nice words. Miss, hmm, I could imagine him uh, sharing to young people today. Okay, so uh, thank you very much, Miss, for enlightening us about who is this man, San Juan de la Cruz or Saint John of the Cross. And, and uh, I've learned much, okay, learned much about him. So, Miss, uh, Again, maybe you have some important points again to, <laughs> to mention. <laughs> this is a last point. Yeah? <laughs> and my last point is this, that there is really someone 
who has lived the doctrine and the vision of San Juan de la Cruz in a way that is accessible and attractive mm -hmm. and non-intimidating. Mm -hmm. And this is Saint Therese of the Child Jesus. Oh, yes. She is a true daughter and a true witness mm -hmm. of Saint John of the Cross. But she did it not as a theologian, mm -hmm. not as a doctor no. of the church, although she is but already she is doctor, doctor of the church, <laughs> but she did it with the humility, the hiddenness, mm -hmm. the sweetness, and the attractiveness, the accessibility of a little child. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I guess we have another episode to talk about. We are going to talk about St. Therese of the Child Jesus next time more so that you listeners could enjoy more and know more about this also iconic and famous saint, okay? patroness of missions, right? Okay. But uh, again, Miss, this is a wonderful experience to talk to you about, talk with you about St. John of the Cross, okay? and hopefully we can do this again next time and talk about other things. Okay? <laughs> and uh, before we end, and this is out of the top topic. Again, Miss, go back that you are also a literature teacher. Uh, who are some of your literary heroes aside from San Juan de la Cruz, of course? Could you mention some? I have somehow left literature a long time ago, but I uh, like very much C.S. Lewis, mm -hmm. okay? The Tales of Narnia. And uh, when I was in deep literature, I used to read the poems of um, Robert Frost, okay? And the novels of Bernard Bellam Malamud, okay? Shakespeare, of course, no? uh, Some writers I like, I like the author of To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. So, thank you again, Miss. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. And hopefully, next episode, we can talk again some important <laughs> other important things that people need today. Okay, so that's it, everyone. Thank you for listening to Jaywalking. You can leave a review. You can rate this podcast. You can follow. And don't forget to share this podcast so that more will be blessed. Thank you, everyone. And see you again in the next episode.